Yep, we are. Slice and dice number 24. We assume. Yep. We think. Um, we think. <laughs> it is finally here. The, the 24th week- podcast? No. Oh. The weekend that I personally have been waiting for for the better part of a couple of years now when I first heard that Godzilla was coming back to the big screen. I, I would agree. It was. I've been looking forward to kind of having a return to the good old days of the creature double feature, if it's at all possible. Right. I mean, I they were such a part of my youth. And the thing with Godzilla that always drives me nuts is when people discuss how cheesy they are. Well, we well, know that. Yeah. But Look, that's when they were not made. what it is. It, it's, there, there was still a certain genre. There's still a reason why people put Godzilla right. as one of the greatest movie monsters ever. And the, the thing that I've always found fascinating with Godzilla, too, is talk about a creature that is both villain and hero at the same time, too. Right. It has flip-flopped in movies multiple times. Right. They don't, they're just however they want to script like them this He's like the John time. Carey of movie monsters. Ooh. He flip-flops. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Goes a little political on yes. us today, buddy. Absolutely. But yeah, this I agree. This was one... For me, this was the movie that I was looking most forward to for the summer. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll get to that. Right. Um, <clears throat> so, Star Wars has officially started filming. It has. And Carrie Fisher apparently has lost 35 pounds. She has. Apparently that was mandated. Yeah, and apparently it wasn't from her face because that chick's got uh, some cheeks on her. Yeah, she needs some more work before uh, yeah. before this all starts. But, um, yeah, I... You know that when they first thought, oh, we can we can get this going again, we can bring back the original three, and somebody in the room said, hey, you seen Carrie Fisher lately? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, the no, chick no, who used to she, do the Jenny Craig come, ads yeah, and stuff. She'll, she'll, be, she'll be excited to come back. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but you haven't seen her lately, have you? <laughs> no, no, why? Let's bring her in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, Princess Leah hasn't aged well. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> She's in her fifties now, isn't she? Oh yeah. Because she was nineteen, I believe, when their first Star Wars was. Yeah. Which was seventeen. Some reason I'm thinking seventeen. And the only reason I'm thinking she was underage is wasn't there a bit of a scandal going on that Lucas in the white robe that she was wearing, she wasn't wearing any bra underneath. And in the trash compactor scenes, it became very see-through. And they realized they couldn't have an underage girl running around in a see-through wet outfit. Wow. I may be digging a little deeper into Star Wars lore, or just legend as we have it. Yeah, I think she was 19. For every nerd boy out there was just dreaming. Pretty sure she was 19. Well, either way, I would have seen it. (laughs) But what was that, 77 or 78? 77. 77, so. Oh, while I'm thinking about this... Just, About just if, fat Princess nope, Leia. Nope. Oh, nope. Things that when you find out, just make you go, "What the fuck?" I'm looking on IMDb yesterday, and I, and I always just scroll through the the little birthday the, things yeah. and stuff. See whose birthday it is. Oh, I know where you're going. <laughs> Somebody that turned seventy, right? Yes. I said the same thing. <laughs> Danny. Danny Trejo is, is 70. 70. I'm looking th- I'm looking through <laughs> Yeah, I love the spikes. <laughs> I'm looking through every source I can to like figure that's gotta be a fucking misprint. Dude. 
I would have, I would have, I would have said that if you had said he was sixty. No doubt. Oh man, he is seventy. But didn't he spend a bunch of years of hard labor in prison? Like thirteen years, I think. And dudes holding up pretty damn well. Pretty damn well in seventy. You've got to love Danny Trail. I mean, oh, I do every like Danny time Trail. I hear an interview with that guy, he's just so gracious that he's still uh, around. That people seem to love him. He's seventy. He's not going to be around for long. Dude, I don't know. I give him more time than I give us. Uh, well, there's that. But, <laughs> but we're not helping it any. No, no. As we as we drink our beers here and scratch ourselves. But I do think it's funny because, yeah, literally, I, I did the same thing last night. And I looked at my wife and said, Danny Trejo is 70, according to IMDb. She said, well, yeah, he's been around forever. I said, I, I know that, but I never would have put him at 70. No. No way in hell. No, I just said mid-50s. Yeah, thereabouts. So. Mid to late 50s. Whereas Princess Leia has not held up well, Danny no. Trejo is holding up just fine. But we still don't want to see Danny Trejo in the metal bikini either. No. Uh, that would no. not be... Well, it, I still want to yeah. see I still want to see the Danny Trejo, Ron Perlman, Buddy Cop movie. Oh, hell yeah. That <laughs> would be awesome, dude. <laughs> you got to see them kind of giving each other a little headlock, you know, a little, right. little nougat on top of the head. Ugh. <sighs> But yeah, it, it, going back to the Star Wars thing, it, it's going to be interesting because the official shooting started, was it two days ago? Two or three days ago, yeah. I, And I know that they, they tweeted out, I heard rumors they tweeted out, what do you call it, the boards? The, the, for the, yeah, the clapboards. Uh, and it was, the, they had one of them that came out, was jokingly called, was it Return of the, no, Revenge of the Jedi or something, or well, with just some total mashup. Well, if I'm JJ JJ Ames at this point, like you said, this is a guy here that's really sort of in a a lose lose predicament because there there is not going to be any movie that is more under scrutiny than this movie. Oh Jesus, yeah. And, and somebody's not going to even be able to sneeze on this set without the media making some some mountain out of that molehill. So if I'm JJ Ames at this point, I might as well just roll with this and fuck with people. Yeah. Just start releasing shit to, just to get the internet trolls all well, worked and, out. And eventually they'll stop talking because, or they'll just assume everything is bullshit and not mm-hmm. know what the truth is. Yeah. Just uh, if you throw enough bullshit out there, eventually everyone just assumes everything is. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I would agree is, with you. This is going to be so overanalyzed to death. Yeah. You're never, you're always going to get people that are going to hate it. There's going to be people that are going to love it and, and they're going to nitpick. Every little minor detail is, and it's really going to get kind of fucking annoying for the mm-hmm. next year and a half. No, and I agree with you. I go back to what I said originally. I think this is a great choice for director. You have somebody who's passionate about Star Wars, and I think he understands what he can play with in terms of the storyline, what he can't. And I think that's obvious by being so adamant about bringing... Luke, Leia, and Han back. Of course, he could do some reversal stuff like he did with Star Trek. We could actually find out that Darth Vader falls off the thing after finding out that Luke is his son. (laughs) Only if they find a wormhole. Darth Vader, I'm your son. No! No! (laughs) So, I read something the other day, and I, I, I don't know if it's true or not. I'd heard... 
that that same no was used by Luke falling down the shaft. Yeah, I saw something on that too. And but they only did it for the special edition theatrical release. I don't know. Re-release, I should say. I don't in know. the mid nineties for Empire. Because I I know it's not on the, the DVDs, not on the Blu-rays. They should have used the goofy one. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been funnier. I would have liked that more than no, because <laughs> that's awful. <sighs> Cohen Brothers have announced their new uh, next project. I saw this, but don't remember what called the hell. Hail Caesar, and it's going to be a comedy set back in fifties Hollywood, uh, based around some dude who's who's called a fixer. Which, in modern day terms, it's basically uh, like a PR person. It's somebody who's put in place by the studios to make sure that their big stars aren't uh, aren't getting negative press, aren't getting in trouble, and that kind of thing. So, dude, the, the Coen brothers are behind it. Uh, I'm, I'm down. Here's my money. Here, I you know there there are certainly I could certainly rank Coen brothers films in 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 terms of how how well I like them or not. But the Which worst our of the fans comments. that listen to our podcast know we kind of did a fans? few months ago. Fans? Fans. You, you use plural again. I'm not sure where... Oh, are people who drink to our podcast. How's right, that? Right, 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 right. Um, yeah. Those I, who use us as background noise know that in January we discussed the Coen Brothers films. We know, Yes. We know that the, the worst Coen Brothers film uh, is, is 100 times greater than Amazing Spider-Man 2. Oh, I... <laughs> I, I don't agree. I think it's a thousand times. Okay. But, man, eh. The thing is, the Coen brothers, you know what you're going to get. It's going to have its quirks. It's going to be all about the characters and certain types of shots. It's not going to have a huge film look that's not the intent. But I'm down. I've, I've seen Lewin Davis, I think, three times now. I love that movie every time. Mm-hmm. It's just a brilliant, brilliant flick. Mm-hmm. You'll be happy to know that uh, Pitch Perfect 2 is in production. <laughs> and Katie Seagal, or Sagal, or however she yes. her name is in it. Katie Seagal is going I, to I be... I will be uh, there opening night. Is going to be uh, uh, somebody's mother. Not sure who, who which character. Jax's. <laughs> right. She's Jax's mother in Pitch Perfect 2. Well, I don't know. I've we'll never see, seen the first one. I see Haley Steinfeld signed on, too. I did. I mean, you know, when you look at Haley Steinfeld in True Grit, she doesn't strike you as a, as a big girl. No, but True Grit was five or six years ago. Granted. So, and she would have just been she coming was only into 14. puberty. She was only 14 when that was up. So. But, you know, granted, but do, do girls, like, sprout that much between 14 and 18? Dude, you don't know your daughter has grown like yeah. two feet in the fast past four years, right? Uh, yeah, maybe. I thought she was that tall like 10 years ago, but anyway. Um, I, I, there was Not a, that I'm trying to shit on your point, but... No, no there was a picture online about... Or, or basically, they're, they're in rehearsals. They're doing their dance rehearsals or whatever it is they're doing and they they tweeted a picture of the whole group of girls and stuff and i'm looking at this and and Haley steinfeld towers over all See, i wouldn't of them. have expected that yeah 
I mean, I knew I knew Anna Kendrick was was small, mm. like like five two kind of small. I wouldn't mind measuring her to find that, <laughs> but okay, right. But and we know Rebel Wilson is short. <laughs> well, she's kind of built like Pluto. She's not tall, but <laughs> right. I think she has her own atmosphere. Yes. Wow. That's not fair. And I'm like I can say that's anything. hate speech. Yeah, well, you're not far from it, but yeah. Um, rumor going out there that Brad Pitt is going to, is signing on for True Detective season two. I, I find this interesting for two reasons. First, all the early rumors were that it was going to be two female detectives this time. Hmm. Second, I find it interesting that Brad Pitt, with the, all the money that dude makes. Wants to do a TV series, even though I know it's HBO. So we're not talking the same level of TV as if he's going to do a Monday Night sitcom. But I, 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 all I can think of is what you saw in True Detective first season with the effort that Harrelson and McConaughey have thrown into it. It's getting some legit backing and it's getting legit love by. Well, I, I don't really know that luminaries is the right, right word, but. Certainly, powerful people in Hollywood seem to be respecting the show, and sure. for oh, that wow, reason, I, I love the fact that a Brad Pitt would would be interested in something like this. Right. It 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 can only do the show some good. Now, I, granted, I, I'm speaking like I've seen it all, and I only got as far as the third episode, not for my own decision, but my ways of watching said things when I don't have HBO kind of washed up on True Detective, but. It's it's a fantastic show, and if they want to get somebody like Brad Pitt, that only helps the show. Even though every Monday morning, that show was buzz all over the internet. So, mm -hmm. it's not like it needed any more attention. But I think it's, it certainly can't hurt. Right. I'm down. Yeah. But, and going along with the whole casting thing, so now it looks like we're looking at, what, a Daredevil movie? And not you a Daredevil that. series. I haven't, I haven't heard that, but you heard that. Yeah, all signs of pointing. Who, who the hell was the one they were looking at well, casting? They, they originally, about Michael C. Hall. Right. It was still a, a and I, I haven't heard if he's still attached to it if it goes movie. I, I'd heard that he was a front runner for it. I, I honestly don't remember my source on that or sources. But now they're looking at just doing just a two-hour movie, which kind of bums me out because I think the Daredevil is an interesting character. Well, like a big screen movie, no, or TV? Netflix. Uh, well, Marvel has that property back, so I don't know why they wouldn't throw that back into theaters. You'd think, and, and especially with the way Marvel's drawing right now at the theater, anyway. Right. You'd think it's kind of a no-brainer. People have been calling for it, and again. To, it, He's one of those kind of imperfect heroes, which also makes it a good character. But, I don't know. We'll see. I did get see see, uh, see some bad news last night, though. And this is very minor. You heard that Legit's not coming back for season three, right? Didn't hear that. Jim Jeffries made the announcement that uh, Fox told... Uh, Fox, sorry. FX told him on May 14th. And that bums me out, because honestly, Legit was a great comedy, but it was also good in as much as... It also dealt with some heavy themes throughout. Did a great job, and and I know people say, "Well, it pokes fun," but it, uh, the handicap or a major part of the show was it Roger Roderick, who was the little guy that followed him around right, all the time. Yeah. Just a great character. Yeah. Now the the 
second to last episode of the last season of this past season, they went to a uh, all rock and roll theme party, and they went as the Beatles from the Sgt. Pepper's cover, and he went as a Ringo, which was an awesome Ringo with a fake mustache and everything. But just the show was great. It's too bad people didn't watch. I know that the ratings were way down in the tank, right. but. At least we know we get another season of Big Bang Theory, so that's awesome. No, but we do get another season of The Goldbergs. That's a damn good which thing. Which is awesome. That That's a show that people need to be on. And apparently, enough people were there that they're, they are signing up for a second season. Great. Maybe that means well, more attention. Not only that, they've moved it. And they've moved it to where now, rather than sort of holding its own before Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and stuff, They or at, right after Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they've got, they're moving it to, to uh, Tuesday night? Tuesday, once It is Tuesday now. Okay, well, they're moving it to whatever, it's now going to lead into Modern Family. No, Wednesday and night, it's, that's and a good And it's slot. leading out of the middle. It's it's tucked between the middle and Modern Middle's Family. held its own for a few years. Right, well, this is going to be its like fifth or sixth year. So yeah. that certainly has its following. And it's sandwiched between that and Modern Family, which is their juggernaut. Um, yeah, I see the Goldbergs hopefully shooting right through the roof next year. Yeah, no, that, that, that only could do the show some good. Mm. Because Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., as much as Nerd Boys liked it, some of them, the ratings weren't that great throughout the year. And, again, Tuesday night to me was a good night. Just there weren't enough people really watching. Between Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the Goldbergs, and uh, was it Trophy Bride? Trophy Wife. Trophy Wife, which did get canned. That was a good show, though. Yeah. Which, it, it, that it was critically acclaimed, and, but... But I can take, I also count myself as one of those people to blame that said at some point I'd just binge it when it lands on Netflix. And unfortunately, those of us that like saying that, that doesn't help a show stick around. Right. The, the whole, well, I'll binge it eventually. And I've said it about Arrow, I'm two seasons in. And I keep saying at some point, I'm just going to binge it. Hell, I'm binging Battlestar Galactica now. That's great that that show's been gone for six years. I saw the... Uh... The first, and it was only one, and I don't even know the person who did it. Um, the first review of season two of Orange is the New Black. That drops in early June, right? June 8th, I think. Yeah. Um, and I think that the person, I don't think the person saw the whole season. I think they just saw like, the first three or four episodes. Um, and and they, they said that it's not as good, that they did not recapture what they had going. Really? Mm-hmm. Ew, that's not so. Good. But uh, one person. It is opinion. one person, right? Yep. But it will be interesting to see if, after the hiatus and trying to bring it back, they lost something at the translation. Because that show to me was arguably one of the best that was out last year. I agree. And yeah, one of the best that's out this year is Fargo. Oh my god, dude! If people aren't watching Fargo, they need to. Last be episode was a little slower, but. Still, it, it was slower, but Billy Bob is entertaining enough. I don't care right. what he does. Right. It's all about him in these episodes. Yeah. And that, that show is just absolutely amazing. I am riveted by everything that happens in it. I don't know how many episodes the season is, but I think, that, I think, I want to say there's only like, I think they're halfway through. I was going to say, for some reason, it's eight or ten is sticking in my head. Yeah. 
I did see that FX is starting to to play the hell out of the commercials for their summer slate. They got the one from the dude that was uh, from the way, way back. The guy who was the one that ran the water slides. The way, still waiting. Oh, that's, uh, it's him and yeah, Judy Matt Greer. Matt yeah. He and Judy Greer are on uh, a, a adult comedy. Right There's that, The Strain... Which has been rumored for years. That's that he, Del Toro, yeah, so. that he'd wanted to do it for years. There's that. Is it Tyrant? Is one that yeah, they I don't know what the hell that's I, about. Neither do I. I haven't heard anything about it. All they keep showing is the the dude dressed in a suit raising his hand full of sand. Mm-hmm. Then another one is just like this this sand blast hitting a city or something. Mm. Oh, I'm willing to give anything FX does a shot. So. Oh hell yeah, it's still way better than most of the things out there. So hell yeah. All right, you got anything else for... Uh, I'm good. Episode? We didn't have any agenda, so we just rolled yeah, off about 18 news subjects. Right on. All right, uh, we'll, we'll break here. We'll do a little of what we watched. All right. Come on, Maddie. Let's go to the movies. Let's go see the stars. <laughs> Cowboy heroes, cops and robbers, glamour and strife, bigger than life. Sitting in the darkness, what a world to see. Let's go to the movies and wait and see. So, it's only been two weeks since we last uh, got together, so seen some flicks. Have seen some flicks. Uh, we, we just sort of barrage the TV that we're into right now, so we don't even need to worry about that. But, right. Uh, you want to go first? With one sure. Uh, I can't wait to hear about uh, big-boobed Amazon hookers from uh, from Cleveland. No, I actually tried catching up with quicksand porn because I keep caring <laughs> so much about it, but, yeah, it, it it keeps ending in a really creepy way, and I just, I can't... I can't get comfortable when I'm in that moment, you know? Right, right, right. This, I'm sure you have something unique to share with us here today, because you usually do. Actually, only if the first one you find unique. I think you're going to be impressed with what I chose this oh, time. Oh, you watched Quality Flicks? I did. The first one's the only one that you, you may question, but I don't think so. And that, that you and I have already discussed a little bit. And it's a film called Anna that had originally been titled Mindscape. Starring Thaisa Farmiga and Mark Strong, who... We like them. Yeah, most people know Mark Strong as, oh, it's that guy. He was in, what, Green Lantern? Robert he Shin. played, he's, uh... He's, oh, uh, Jesus Christ. Christmas Plus's dad in Kick-Ass. In Kick-Ass. And, and in Green, uh, Green Lantern, he's... What the uh, hell Sinestro. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, but he's been in a bunch of stuff, and he was in that very short-lived show on AMC, Low Winter Sun, which was uh, actually a really good show. Um, but this movie is about a girl who's struggling with girl issues. Girl from New York City calls herself the human trampoline. Sorry. Who's struggling with issues from her past, unresolved problems, and her parents are tired of trying to figure so out how to easy. deal with it. Yes. Okay. Her parents are struggling with how to deal with it. I'll be quiet now. So they can't go through regular counselors. She's not responding. So they do what... Most people would do, and that's Locking go to a, a research center that basically has psychics that can go into your dreams and try to analyze them. So, if so you're thinking, this sounds like dreamscape, <laughs> okay. I will tell you, 
That is why I think they changed the title of it from Mindscape to Anna. Because that's the name of her character. And what it's, what the film ends up being is kind of a detective story. All these people around Anna are dying. Is she the one who's doing it? Or is there something else at play here? Um, it's one of those movies that thinks it's really highbrow. And as you're watching it, you're thinking, this movie's nowhere near as highbrow as it truly believes it is. Um, I love Mark Strong. If you told me Thaisa Farmiga could act before I saw this movie, I'd agree with you. After seeing this movie, I will tell you that Kristen Stewart laughs at her acting. Really? She was so horrible in Anna. The fact that she got paid for this bothers me. Wow. She was wretched, and it pains me to say that because well, I like Thaisa. All we've ever seen her in is American Horror Story. I swear she was uh, in a movie. In the Blend Ring. Thank you. But her character was, was nothing. Right. But, and maybe it's just that there's enough odd shit going on in, in Horror Story that you don't realize this chick cannot act. Mm-hmm. And she was awful in this movie. Just, it, it was disturbing. You just a Kristen Stewart bomb on her. I, who, I, who I, oddly has not been around for the last few years. No, she, uh, once she did Snow White and the Husband. Well, I, I can't say that. She did that on the road film. Yeah. That it was with Efron. Right? Just... No, that was the no the on the road one. That was the uh, yeah, was who it? was the beat poet guy. Oh uh, no, Efron was the one with uh, Nicole Kidman that you watched, wasn't it? Paperboy. Yeah. That's a good movie. I haven't seen On the Road. On the Road's the one that she ended up having the the nude scenes with the two dudes. Right, right, right. right. Oh, yeah, I don't remember Hunter. Uh, not Hunter. Gatherer. No, <laughs> I'm trying to think who's the, who's the uh, Jack Kerouac. This is the Jack Kerouac story. Okay. Um, anyway, you keep fucking derailing. Sorry. All right, so Anna. Again, the movie thinks it's way smarter than it is. It, it's one of those that, as you're watching it, you're saying, this is going to be one of those movies that's going to offer a twist. The problem is you don't care about anything that's going on in it. And the twist is one of those that you know that the director said, no one will get it. And I would argue that if somebody didn't see this twist coming, which happens in the final 30 seconds, is one of those little fuck you twists. It, you really have no idea how to do a plot. It, it's not a great movie. I know it sounds like I hated it. I didn't hate it. It's just there's nothing here. Sounds it's, like you hated it. I know, and I didn't hate it. I've seen Dreamscape. It, it plays off more like... Oh, what was the movie that I think is tremendous? The Cell. That's the one with Jennifer Lopez. No, um, Dude, that's a good movie. Dude, you just told me you said it had Jennifer Lopez, so I have no desire to see it. <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio was a, a murderer who's locking women in glass cages that he slowly fills up and records. Does he kill Jennifer? Uh, no. To, she plays a psychic that goes into his dreams to try to figure out where his last victim Jennifer is. Jennifer Lopez. I hate her. I, I hate her too, don't, but don't, I'm telling you, Vince Vaughn's in this movie before he was popular. When he was smaller, Vince Vaughn. When he wasn't, oh, this guy just stumbles through everything, Vince Vaughn. Anyway, Anna, two out of five. Eh, you may like it. Taisa Farmiga needs a new job. Wow. There you go. Nice. I saw Neighbors. You did. I did. I heard they burned down their last house. And they were reprimanded for that. We have a very strict three-strike policy at the school. So they have one strike. If they get two more, then they're out. A strike? Well, listen, the way I do my job is, you know, I'm always thinking about the headlines, right? So Duke lacrosse team rapes stripper. Bad headline. Fraternity keeps couple awake. 
that's not really even a headline. I don't even think it would make the local police blotter. Get ready to read the headline of the century. Extra, extra, baby swallows condom. That's disgusting. Exactly. The frat's condom. The frat's condom. I have a headline for this. Fraternity practices safe sex. That's a good headline. I could get a raise off that headline. I got a headline for you. Mean Dean doesn't realize that frat is bad for everyone. It's really not. It's very poorly worded. I don't think that would ever make it to print. I don't know where you went to school. I went here, okay? That's why I'm dumb. The new Seth Rogen, Zac Efron, uh, Rose Byrne comedy. Ah, uh, Rose Byrne. Did she I think eat a sandwich? Byrne. No, I, I think Rose Byrne is, is on the list. On my list. All right. Elizabeth Olsen, is she hot or not? Um, I struggled with... I, she's she's cool. one of these girls... She's certainly a lot better looking than her two gangly-ass right. sisters. But... Is I, she I, a Kirsten Dunst type where if you see her in a certain light, you go, okay, I get it? Well, I'd put her more... I would actually put her more in like a Kirsten Stewart type thing. Where she's... Good, yeah. She's... She's hot in an... Everyday looking person kind of hot. But there are some angles like that do living, her no justice. Well, no. <laughs> if she's living next door to me and I am, am 16, 17 year if old she's boy. she's sunning herself in the backyard. Oh, fuck yes. I'm in the window I the think whole she time. I yeah. she's attractive. Yep. Hot. Eh, if you're looking at like, you know, Megan Fox level hot. No, no. yeah, no, no, no. Um, but or so, Roseburn, no. No, 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 I mean not Roseburn level. I wasn't no, dissing no, no. Roseburn. No, Roseburn is, is, is like milfy hot to me. Yeah, I don't know how old Roseburn is. Oh, not 70. No, Danny Trejo I, is. I think she's in her 30s. Um, <laughs> That's milfy to you? Dude, you're, you're, to, you're almost 50. Well, no, no, see, you're, you're, once you get past milf, you're, mo- you're pushing into cougar territory. Or no. gilf. What's Gil? Grandmother I'd like to fuck. Oh, God, no. That's horrible. I think I would stop at Cougar. And even then, I'd have to be selective. After that, internet Rose, porn does perfectly Rose, fine. Rose <laughs> Byrne is not uh, No, she's Cougar not level. there yet. No, so I still have to put her in MILF, in MILF territory. Um, we are being way too ADD today. Whatever. Anyway, that's Rose what happens when we have no agenda. Anyway, I saw Neighbors. Yes. Um, I, I enjoyed Neighbors. Um, this is going to be at least for me. It's it's a lot more like Twenty One Jump Street was a couple of years ago, where it is getting way more hype. I think than it really deserves because there's nothing really inventive about this flick. Um. It, it, a lot of the gag, it's it's a lot of gross out humor. It's 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 frat house humor. I saw this when it was called Animal House, and it was way better when it was Animal House. Um, you know, Rogan is Rogan. You get you get Rogan here. You get stoner jokes and stuff like that. Whatever. Zach Efron, that is a fine looking young man. <laughs> I will say. Is it true? There's a line about his chest is like an arrow that points at his dick yes. in this movie. Yes, it was. And I will agree. If you are built that way, just go yeah, sure. And as a completely straight man, I'll say if you're built like that, yeah, do whatever you want because you got it figured out. Zephron <laughs> is one of those dudes who will definitely raise the humidity in a room full of girls. Yeah. I will just say that, and he's great in this movie. 
I had no issue with the with with the performances here. It's just a lot of the humor that they were trying to push off was really stuff I've seen before, and I saw it when it was better when in Animal House when it was edgy. It's not edgy anymore. You know, first of all, you know it's it's a frat house and it moved into some suburban neighborhood. Why? Why the fuck did it do that to begin with? Who knows? <laughs> it just did. And how come the only neighbors that had a problem with it was was Rose Byrne and and, uh, and Seth Rogen's character, and they just sort of brushed that aside with like that the frat house moved in and they were they were like mowing the lawn for the other neighbors or taking out the trash or stuff like that. The level of partying that this crew does that would not have offset. Well, there would be co- and then they bring in this cop guy. Who's just, they, they, they think that in these kind of movies that you need stupid, bumbling, weirdo cop. They can't just, ha- you know, tie in like normal cop and make comedy around that. So a lot of the comedy in this movie I found was, was just very low-hanging fruit comedy. They're trying to twist around, you know, like uh, you know, the couple that's got the new baby and they're, they're torn between having to struggle being new parents versus... Not having all their party days out of their system and that kind of thing, and it just sort of becomes this war between. Oh, the you front go house even more that. recent since then. That'd be old school. Was that yeah, plot line? Yeah, exactly. There, Missing the fact that at one point they lived the yeah. life of these kids that partied all the time. And basically, that's what it is. This this movie steals a lot of stuff from the animal houses and yeah. the old schools of the thing. There's a couple moments that are, are you know funny, um, but. Top to bottom, I didn't laugh a lot. It was amusing. It was entertaining to watch just because it's so mindless. Um, but for me, it was like a two out of five. Yeah, and that was my fear with it. Is it, seeing the trailer, I had, just had an idea. I've already seen all the jokes in this movie mm-hmm. before, mm-hmm. and and maybe it's that the whole Animal House is a great film. And don't get me wrong, I love Animal House, but. The whole dorm party, party, party humor, unless it's Animal House, doesn't work that well for me anymore. Animal House, I'll give credit because the people in Animal House made that movie too. Sure. And it got away with stuff you can't get away with anymore. Well, you even look at Revenge of the Nerds. How much more can you say about about dorm party? Yeah. And and you're right. They also go way too over the top in these things. Right. Way too over the top. So, at some point, you start disconnecting a little bit. Right. All right. Saw something else? I did. And this is where you may be impressed. I saw a film called God's Pocket. It's in the papers. What? That Leon was killed again. What? Why would they say that? Because they found his body in the street. Why did they find his body in the street, Mickey? Uh, I didn't have the money to pay to bury Leon, so I, I took the truck to Little Eddie's, but his guy took it out and wrecked it, and Leon fell out. What? What? Leon was in the truck. No. With the meat. He was separated from the meat. I knew that would upset you. So God's Christ. God's uh, Pocket. God's really? Pocket. Oh, that was the one with the folks Philip Seymour Hoffman. It's John Slattery's film that he directed. Right, right, right. From Matt. Uh, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Christina Hendricks, and Richard mm-hmm. Jenkins. Oh. 
I mean, um, like all them. Hendrix. Oh. This is one of those movies that 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 you almost feel bad watching, and, and here's why: you're watching a ghost. Are you referencing something here? Well, Hendrix? Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, well, yeah. No, in Hendrix, you're watching her boobs. Uh, the whole <laughs> damn time. Just saying, how the hell can they sit... Anyway. Yeah. The, Squirrel. This, this is one of those movies that people at Sundance loved, and you're looking at the cast, and you're going, great. Slattery. This is, it's always fun to see what somebody who's used to being in front of the camera does when they get behind it. An acclaimed work, I guess it's it's a book that people absolutely love, and yet the movie was just boring. I've heard that. It really, really is boring. The whole idea is God's Pocket is this area in, I believe it was either the Bronx or Queens, it was in one of the boroughs of New York City, that's almost trapped in time. It's like a, it's like a modern day depression era. Um... And it's about this dude whose wife is not happy with him. Dude's Philip Seymour Hoffman, wife Christina Hendricks. Um, he has a total douchebag son who runs around with a razor blade in his pocket. And he makes a mistake on a construction site of threatening a black guy and using the M-Bonnet one and everything else. And talking about how he sliced up a cat the night before with his razor blade and... People are just getting frustrated and turns his back on the black guy and the black guy has enough of it and takes him out. Clubs him and kills him. And the entire construction site to a man says, nope, something came loose. Hit him in the head. Freak accidents happened. The kid's a douchebag. And it's all about how Philip Seymour Hoffman has come up with the money to cover the funeral and deal with the corpse of his son that nobody fucking liked. Including C. Philip Seymour Hoffman? He didn't even suffer any pain or emotion about this thing. The kid was a douchebag. The only one struggling was was Christina Hendricks. Uh, Richard Jenkins plays a reporter who's down on his luck. He's early on, they show these getting prostitutes to kind of cheer him up a little bit, and they're not doing it. And he's given the task of going to do an article on what's going on in God's pocket. Just... Of, of the different events there. John Turturro's in the movie as a buddy of Philip Seymour Hoffman who's into Philip for some money. And so here it is. Philip's trying to come up with the money for this funeral. Can't afford it. So he's trying to get money any way he can. And it's one of those movies that calls itself a dark comedy and you find yourself saying, so where's the humor here? Um, it... In terms of how it's shot, it's a gorgeously shot film. It captures what you picture that area of New York would look like. With the old type trucks, the little cooler trucks going from, from building to building, hauling shit around. And how people are basically surviving off their minimum wage jobs and going to the dog track, hoping they, I'm sorry, horse track, hoping they'll hit it big. Just so they can have the money to really have a good year. It, but... It's sad to see that kind of Americana, which it is a piece of Americana. The problem is, again, this movie is just so boring, you don't care. And if anything, the plot line around dealing with the, the sun just drags the thing down. Because it almost feels like it's forced comedy, and forced comedy doesn't work. If you're trying to just throw punchlines in to say, hey, but don't forget, this feels heavy, but this is a comedy, it doesn't work. And you have so much talent here. It just seems wasted. And I don't know if it's a comment on Slattery, 
Maybe it's a comment on the book, because I, I understand the book plays out the same way. If you read the reviews, a lot of people feel that this movie didn't do the book justice. Don't know, haven't read it. I just found myself thinking this movie's got to end pretty soon. It was only 88 minutes. Um, it seemed like a whole lot of wasted talent for what could have been there. I, I'd say the two out of five at best. Hmm. Yeah, I've heard, most I'd heard from it said that it, it, exactly what you said. And, and if you're going to see it, just see it for Philip Seymour Hoffman. Right. And, and, and Phillips, he is Philip Seymour Hoffman. I love Richard Jenkins, too. Hmm. I love John Turturro, even though he feels a little wasted in this role. The Jesus. Yeah, dude, the, the Jesus is awesome. <laughs> And Christina Hendricks, I love both of them. Right. So you know, <laughs> both of them. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, like I said, I feel bad because this is one of those movies, and, and I'm glad you saw those kind of reviews because there's movies you and I have discussed where you feel like you're supposed to like them as a bit of a film nerd, and when you don't, you almost feel bad for not liking it. And this is one of those. Um, usually, when I and those, I don't, I don't necessarily ever feel bad for things like that. I'll, I'll. I'll do my best to let it digest for a couple of days after I see it. If I didn't, if I didn't like see a movie and go, "Oh, that was the greatest thing ever," mm-hmm. and I'll let it digest for a couple of days. If if it's getting like this universal praise, or vice versa, if, if it's panned and I liked it, I'll, I'll I'll just sit and digest it a little bit and say, "Well, am I overthinking? Am I underthinking? Stuff like that." And but I'm not afraid to say I go against the grain and say I liked something versus not liking yeah. it. And this one, I wish I could have liked. I just, I didn't. Yeah. All right. Um, and, and that's a good segue into my into my other one that I finally watched because I actually caught up to one through Redbox that I hadn't seen uh, when it came out. Because you it, saw Amazon <clears throat> Women with the Big Boobs Part Three uh, from Cleveland Part Three. This one where they traveled. They. Oh. Yeah. Um, no, I, I caught up with The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Hello? Hey, what's up? Todd? From eHarmony? Yeah, yeah, what's up, man? Uh, not much. How have you been? Good. It's, uh, it's early here. I just got up, man. I was thinking about you. Where are you? Los Angeles. Hey, uh, so your profile still doesn't receive any winks even though I put that you've been to Phoenix. Oh, I, uh, I jumped out of a helicopter yesterday into the ocean and had a shark fight. Yeah, yeah, l- listen, I was mentioning before people who daydream too much, not content. No, it was real. I really did. Really? Then I'll put down adrenaline junkie. Well, what kind of a shark? Was it like a... Hey, Todd, I can't really talk right now. I'm on my way to a volcano. What the... Yes. It was on, you know, it didn't get great reviews. It got middling reviews, but it came out back in the the holiday crunch where there was just way too much shit. Yeah, they, they can't do that during the holidays. So. Um, it would have, I think it would have been interesting to see this on the big screen after seeing some of the shots that they had and stuff like that. Dude, I like this flick a lot. Um, and I'm not a Ben Stiller guy, but I really got a lot out of this flick. It, it's beautifully shot. I mean, it's based off of a guy who's working at Life Magazine. And we know Life Magazine, who went, which went defunct, I think, around 2000, 2002, yeah. um, was always known for their... It was National Geographic cover, Light. Yeah, basically, yeah, their cover shots and this, this stuff. And there's a lot of this. And basically... 
life is bought out, uh, and they're they're going to go to Life Online. So it's a little more recent. They've they've made events a little more recent here, and they're trying to work and find out what the final cover shot's going to be. And uh, Ben Stiller's character, Walter Mitty, is a negative assets manager. I don't know what the fuck that is. Anyway, he's the one who has this connection with this world-renowned photographer, but this photographer's sort of a recluse. And, the, and his name is Sean, some, Sean McDonald, something like that. Anyway, it's Sean Penn's character. And that's not real relevant because Sean Penn only has like five minutes of time in this flick. I actually enjoyed the hell out of those five minutes. I thought he was great. Um, and again, I'm not a Sean Penn. This had a lot of things going against it for me because I don't like Ben Stiller and I don't like Sean Penn. And that's nothing against their talent level. I just don't like them because outside of, of Hollywood, they seem yeah, to be complete I, assholes. I agree with you. Ben Stiller takes himself way too mm-hmm. fucking seriously. So does Sean Penn. Um, and basically, Sean McDonald or whatever had sent these uh, photographs, these slides to Walter Mitty, um, which he, one of the slides was missing. And it's one of the, it's the slide, apparently, that they wanted to use for the final cover shot. So the new boss, played by uh, Adam Scott, I think his name, who I can't yeah. fucking stand. Either. The dude from The New Girl. Yes. Um, no, that's, oh, well, is he a new girl? I don't know. I There's Jake Johnson. So. No, I think Adam Scott is too. Um, I know the dude you're talking about. He's the dude who's got this. If you see his face, he looks like he's 20, but when he grows a beard, it looks like he's a 20-year-old with a fake beard. Well, exactly. In this movie, they gave him the cheesiest fake fucking beard. It looked like some sprayed-on beard. It was horrible. His character in this is horrible. His character in this was the worst part of this movie. But anyway, he's threatening to fire Walter if he doesn't get this thing to him. So Walter is basically going on this worldwide tour to track down Sean McDonald because he needs this uh, this film slide to use as the final thing. And basically at that point, it's just sort of like... I'm sorry, Parks and Rec. I said the new Okay, girl. Parks and Rec, that sounds right. I, mean, I apologize, I was thinking They Parks set Stiller up in this as sort of a... Just a bland guy. He, he, he has to go through eHarmony to try to... to, to get dates and stuff. He's just very socially inept, if you will. Um, you know, his whole life, the whole metaphor, the whole life magazine metaphor here is basically this guy has none. And he basically, in these travels, basically is, is finding himself, finding his life. So it, it's very cliche, very metaphorical. However... Some of the shots are just incredible, you know, the sides of volcanoes and stuff like that. It's just, just beautifully done. It's 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 definitely kind of like an uplifting feel to it um, because you know it's basically a guy who is just discovering that there's more to this douchebag boss back at, at at the magazine and stuff. He's got the hots for Kristen Wiig's character, uh, who whose name I can't remember here, but. She's very toned down. It's not not really a comedic role for her. She's just sort of there, and her character doesn't get a lot to do. But, um, yeah, basically him just going out and trying new things, doing stuff, it, it just worked for me. Um, <laughs> I don't know. You know, I, I could see where people may not like it. 
um, thinking it's a little too pretentious for its own good, that, it, that, it's, that it's really trying to say things at a higher level about life in general and stuff like that. Eh, whatever, it was just a cool looking flick. There's nothing wrong with a little uplifting music and, and, and themes in your thing. And, and I, dude, I got a lot out of it. I thought it was great. Am I not wrong in thinking that during November and December, the theaters were running that one as a pre-trailer kind of commercial about, was it about the film industry? Yeah, or about yeah, yeah, yeah. Anti-piracy, about the amount of work and effort to get some of those I don't shots remember right. what it was for, but yeah, but I, mean, I know it, was it wasn't, something like that. Yeah. yeah. And I remember thinking the same thing, that it, I, I didn't have that much interest in seeing it, but the shots they had looked gorgeous. Yeah. Because there were a whole lot of him jumping off a boat and going yep. around a volcano, and just the, the shots of, like, Alaska or something were just uh, gorgeous. Yeah, they were in Greenland and Iceland. Maybe that's where it was. Afghanistan. They were in all sorts of places. And they were just gorgeous shots. And I wish I could remember what the trailer, what the commercial was used for. I don't for. remember. Because it, it mentioned the miles of film used to shot yep. and shoot the thing. Yep. and. So um, and huh. Stiller, Stiller's really good in this. Um, like I said, Wig doesn't really have well, anything when he to do. Gets out of his own way. Stiller is okay. Adam Scott. It, it's got some real quirky comment. The one, the one fault I think it might have had was that it wasn't really sure if it wanted to be this really bizarre comedy or if it was trying to take itself a little more seriously. Because um, there's a couple moments in there where you're looking at like, what the fuck. <laughs> You know, and, and it's funny, but it's like bizarro funny. Um, one at one point he's referencing the curious case of Benjamin Button, and and there's a scene for the three people who saw it, yes. right? Well, there's a there. I actually want to see that. Um, I haven't I haven't seen, it, but I do want to see it. Because wasn't that Fincher? Uh, I don't David remember fin- who I think, directed. I thought David that. Fincher directed that because that's on Jennifer Garner and. Well, they want a kid, right? And he come, he's actually a tree. Wasn't Brad Pitt in it? No, that's the one where the... No, that's Meet Joe Black. No, this is the one where the... Uh, what am I thinking? I'm thinking of the one where the... The guy kid. ages by getting from old to young. Oh, you're right. You're right, you're right. That's I thought that was case. Brad Pitt. No, you're right. Where um, he's, he's going from young, uh, old to young. Right. Um, but there's like this little scene where he's like a little, a little Benjamin Button doll sitting next to an old, uh... Oh, that's why I didn't see that when I heard it was, it was long, yeah, two and three quarter hours. Oh, really? Is it Fincher, though? I'll tell you in a sec. Yep, it is. Yeah, so right there. I told the Swinton, so... Yeah, until the Swinton! You have your centerfold right there. Yes! Kate Blanchett, though. Um. Anyway. Anyway, yeah, I, dude, I recommend Secret Life of Walter Mitty. I thought it was great. I I highly recommend it. I'm I'm going to give it a four out of five, which is That's, higher higher than the average. It's higher than I ever would have thought you'd ever give a Ben Stiller film. I will say that. I I'm fair. Yeah, I know you are. I am fair. But I know you also seethe at times. Yeah. And Ben Stiller is one of those that can get that out of you. Yeah. And so is Sean Penn. Yeah. So you throw both of them in a movie. And, and admit that they were both good in the movie. Yeah. But, anyway. And you saw Adam Scott in ACOD, right? Yeah, you didn't I even like that him, movie, I right? hated him there. Yeah. Hated him in this. Have not watched yeah. Parks and Rec. Yeah, I don't have anything for Parks and Rec. But, yeah. 
All right. Cool. So we'll break here. We'll come back for a quick little uh, fun thing that we decided to do at last minute before we get into the uh, Godzilla thing. So, right. Hang on. So, a couple months ago, we did the uh, a top ten list of our own personal underrated songs of the 80s. We did. That was actually fun as hell, dude. It was fun. However, what wasn't fun was having to edit in 20 sounders into the podcast to give a snippet of each of those songs. So, you shifted where the, the difficulty was here, then. Yes. You shifted the difficulty into editing our list down. Much easier to to, ma- to, to manage than, than actual physical labor, which I'm against. <clears throat> so, no comment. Right. What we're what we're thinking of doing now, and this inspired. This has been inspired because I've been on this '80s kick for like uh, for well, a while now. You've been digging the Goldbergs. It's the, it, <laughs> I blame the Goldbergs. Without you had a, doubt. a great article telling people to watch the Goldbergs with, and get their 80s in. Definitely blaming the Goldbergs for this. It's just... I probably am also blaming the fact that I'm old now and the 80s just are slipping away more and more and more. No, dude, the 80s were the greatest decade ever. You're not going to get an argument out of me. As a country, we were the biggest badasses on the planet. We could do no wrong... Capitalism was at an all-time high at that point. Right. We had Ron Reagan in the White House. He wasn't taking shit from anybody. Right. He people, shot that bastard and he got up. Right. People <laughs> thought he was batshit crazy enough. He'd push the button just to prove a point. Right. I loved it. Yeah. yeah. And then we had the greatest music. We had sitcoms when sitcoms were sitcoms. sitcoms. And the Goldbergs brings that back. Right. It brings all of that, those memories flooding right back. We're going to see Huey Lewis in the news in two months. We are. Whatever. And it's going to be glorious. Yes, it will be. So I was thinking, and this really ties into nothing whatsoever, that we would do the top five, because now I only have to come up with ten sounders, cutting my labor in half, top five songs from... Movies of the eighties, and now I don't know where you, how you approach this. I was kind of my my intention was that that the songs would sort of be symbolic of the movie. They are like if I didn't if you go with just something song, that was thrown on a soundtrack right, 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 right. just to sell the song. If, if you if you hear the song on the radio today, that you immediately think of the movie. Every song on my list will remind you of the movie. Excellent. Did we flip a coin to see who goes first here? I gotta get to my list. You can go first because I went first on the Very good. what we watched. Um, it'd be interesting to see if we have any crossover here. Oh, I, think, I guarantee we will. Well, I, I think if we do, maybe if we do, there's one, um, and I'm 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 just start your goddamn. Ah, I'm gonna say that for your eyes only. Oh, 
James Bond flick of the same name. Oh, dude, I love this chick. Was it? Uh, who was? It? Was it Sheena Easton? Sheena Easton. I, yeah, it was Sheena because I didn't write it. Miss Sugar Walls herself. Yes. 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 She's. There's a, a reason I'm looking at you that way because there's a Bond flick on mine too. Well, it, there's. It's probably the one I took off in order to put for your eyes only. <laughs> um, and, and it's another one that's awesome if it's the one I'm thinking of, but. For your eyes only, it was just one of those... Cla- it, for the first time in this last one with Skyfall, it's like Adele captured the sound of the Bond movie from, from the 80s and the right. 70s. And that sound was for your eyes you only. You wanted the throaty female lead singer yes. doing... Which is interesting because my song is not a female lead singer. So that may have shot down what you think it is. No. All right. But... Yes, the, the, Sheena Easton was almost a throwback to the way that they used to do the Bond soundtrack. But the other one I was thinking of was actually a group. Yeah, that's <laughs> going to be that's going to be my number one. Actually, wow, that's arguably my favorite song they ever did. Um, but yeah, Sheena Easton, I would have no issue with for your eyes only. I actually, I almost said DVR, VCR that video. I used to mm. play the hell out of it. Mm. And she was so damn hot to boot. So, she was. I always got her confused with Sheila E, though. They're different colors, dude. Well, yeah, I know. But Sheila E was a badass drummer. Did you ever see her play drums? Yeah, she yeah. she was the lead band person for when uh, Magic Johnson had his own talk show. The lead band person. That's well, I don't know what the was. hell you call it. She was. She was the Paul Schaefer. All right. Yep. For your eyes only. Well, I will go with the reference you've already thrown out there. Huey Lewis, and I'll go with Back in Time from Back to the Future. So, see, that's interesting. Now, I'm surprised you went Back in Time and not Power of Love. Oh, no. Back in Time, to me, represents the movie more. Yeah. And I actually liked it more. Power of Love, at that point, was a little too top 40 for my blood, and I know I'm talking about Huey Lewis. It's all top 40. Mm. Time was a total statement about the movie. When you heard that, it was Back to the Future 1, 2, and 3. 
and it represented everything about the series. So I, I and it was catchy as shit. Well, it's cer- Huey Lewis. Certainly, it was. I would think. I, I bet today though that more people, if you said, "Oh, Power of Love," put, would. It, yeah, I was to say if you put it up on Family Feud, name a song from from Back to the Future, Power of Love, and they'd be happen. wrong because if you remember right, Back in Time was actually the move. The the video was actually pieces of the movie for the video. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but back the Power time. of Love one was also one where Doc Brown's and up the, the DeLorean. DeLorean. Yeah. Where's Huey Lewis playing? Yeah. Is Huey Lewis here? Oh, don't, great don't, Scott! Don't touch the stuff. But no, back in time. I'm okay with that. I'm I'm very okay with that. Um, my next one is probably this one's probably a little cliche. It's one of those ones like it's so obvious. Do I leave it on my list? I have to. It's it's our list. If it's there, it's there. It's um, uh, the Breakfast Club. Um, you notice I didn't write any of this shit down. Don't you, Don't you forget about forget me. Forget about me. I didn't put that on my list because I knew you would. <laughs> Dude, the Breakfast Club is but my next the, one's closed. the quintessential it 80s is. teen movie. It is. Nothing captures. There, there's to me. There's really nothing more iconic about the '80s than the last that was minute. Simple Minds, right? Was was simple the, band, minds. Yeah. The, the, the last minute of the Breakfast Club as John Bender is walking across the football yep. field, and it's voiced over by Anthony Michael Hall's essay to the principal, playing with Simple Minds playing in the background. The, what is more iconic to the '80s movie scene than that scene? No, no argument for me. That was that was a tough one. I did not put on my list, and I wanted to. Right, but I knew you would. So, <sighs> and I'm sure that some of you were like, yeah, "Dan will put that on." Maybe. My, uh... I got one here. I'm, I'm wondering. Well, it might be this one then. My number four <sighs> from the movie Real Genius. Nope, I do not have a Real Genius song. Everybody wants to rule the world. Nice, some tears for tears for fears, fears, which had about a four-year window I when they were tears all the fears. rage. And every, if you remember the movie Real Genius, for, I do remember. I remember it. Remember it quite well. I, I it was the song that, song that played either. when they panned away, and the house had all the popcorn coming out of it.
Everybody Wants to Rule the World was the song they played. It was that they made more money off of connecting to that movie, which nobody talks about anymore. And Real Genius was it, that was love what gave that us Val Kilmer for Christ's sake. Love that too. It's well, all about Laszlo. We've made that reference that Laszlo would become Uncle Rico in the Bowling and Napoleon Dynamite. Dynamite. Right. It, yeah. Everybody wants to rule the world, and Tears for Fears really should have had a much longer career. Skunk. I smell skunk. You movie referencing on me? No, I smell skunk. <laughs> You I know? was like, where the hell did you go with that? Kimosabi. Yeah. I smell skunk. 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 Train come. Train come. <laughs> Run over skunk. It. Still have not seen that movie. Don't bother. I don't I don't plan to. So yes, Tears and Fears, nice. everybody wants to rule I the world. I had that album, I believe. I'm assuming Tears for Fears. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not the real genius soundtrack. No, I did not have the real All genius right. soundtrack. Um Oh my god, I just thought of another one that should have been on my list. Well, my number three. Uh, my number three comes from Sin Almost Fire. I can feel Saint Elmo's fire burning in me. Yeah, and it might have been my uh, irrational attraction to Demi Moore in that era. No, dude. Or Ali Sheedy. Go back to about last night and oh, watch Demi Moore. Well, that was that same time. That was that same. Holy God. Same time frame. Um, Saint Elmo's fire for me was one of those flicks that was just appropriate for the time. It meant it like the Breakfast Club. It was a time when I had was like a year and a half out of high school, didn't know what the fuck I wanted to do, and along comes Saint Elmo's Fire, and you could just look at your group of friends and pick every one of your friends and align them align them with a character from Saint Elmo's Fire. I've never seen it. Really? Yep. Never seen Saint Elmo's Fire. Get out. <laughs> I've seen the video eight billion Dude, times. Never is, seen the movie. And, and it was John Parr was the uh, yep. the artist. Um, dude, Saint Elmo's Fire is is it was the old Brat Pack. Brat Pack, right? It was the Brat Pack. It's basically what they did after the Breakfast Club. Yep. But now they would move on to a college setting as opposed to the high school setting. Um, oh, Saint Elmo's Fire is awesome. Yep. I've never I, seen it. Oh, dude. I, I don't understand. <laughs> never saw it. And you're never going to. I'd watch it. If you have it, I'll borrow I it. I don't have it. Well, then fuck you. You probably get that for three bucks at Bulmos. <laughs> 
Yeah, but I don't go in saying, can I hey. buy some? I'm just saying almost fire today. Hey, you just got saying almost fire? <laughs> That's my number three. All right. Well, then my number three is going to be a person who I'm sure is going to bubble up on a few of our lists a few times. A Kenny Loggins reference. Oh, a little footloose here? No. I'm all right. I'm all right. Gotta roll out the Caddyshack. Yeah. Because who doesn't remember the scene with the gopher dancing to I'm Alright? Kenny Certainly. Loggins... Well, yeah, that was early 80s, though, wasn't it? That was like 81. Okay. Yes, it was 80s. Don't question whether or not it was oh, 80s. Hey, 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 hey. But yeah, Kenny Loggins, I'm Alright. Um, Caddyshack was just such a part of my freaking teenage years, dude. And everybody remembers the gopher. It's all about the damn gopher and Bill Murray trying to and kill Bill the goddamn the gopher. thing. And even Chevy Chase was okay in this one, but Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, dude. Rodney Dangerfield. Well, again, and you and I have talked about it before, what's always fun is the stories about what Dangerfield was like on that set, because he'd never done a movie set before. And all the talk that he, he was so used to audience reaction being nothing but a stand-up comic. And the first day he thought he was bombing because no one was laughing. They had to point out, dude, you're on a movie set. People laugh, they get fired. And then all of a sudden it made sense. But the little bit, hey, yeah. who stepped on a duck? Yeah. Dude, I love Rodney Dangerfield. I love awesome. Rodney, dude. Back to school is one of the greatest flicks ever. Rodney Dangerfield, the comedians just aren't like that anymore. Dangerfield was the best, but yeah. I agree. I'm all right. Caddyshack. Kenny good, Loggins. Good choice. And Kenny Loggins was a big part of the 80s in and of himself. Oh, dude. You, <laughs> you um, basically survived off being soundtrack guy. Yeah, certainly. My number two. This is one I thought maybe uh, we might have had crossover because it's got kind of that darker edge to it. And I know you're a darker edge kind of guy. My number two comes from The Lost Boys. Okay. Cry Little Sister.
choice. Like that? Good choice. I am a big Let's fan of the Lost Boys. To, to for my money, it's still one of the best vampire flicks of all time. Oh, I, I, you had yeah. the Corys, which is about as eighties as you can possibly mm-hmm. get. Um. Kiefer Sutherland, um, who was the chick that played Star? Yeah, she was, yeah, she was somebody too. Uh, um, keep talking, I, I gotta find out now. No, I just, it's just one of those, it was, it was that song that was sort of like that middle of the movie interlude, and all of a sudden... But when, everybody when, knows the song. Certainly, certainly, and, and when, um, it was sort of like that transition part of the movie there where... Michael was officially sort of becoming one of the vampires and part of their, their uh, I don't know, what were what vampires, uh, they packs or whatever. Um, and then, you know, it was the motorcycles and the jumping off the Jamie bridge. Jamie Gertz. Yeah, that's right. She did some TV stuff. I don't think she did a lot of, uh, I don't think she did a lot after that. The, at least not a lot of well, mainstream she, Right, she had a few year window and yeah. that was about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Cry Little Sister is... Well, of course, you, you also had uh, People Are Strange by The Doors that was in that too, which mm-hmm. is also one And of every time I hear that song, all I think is Lost Boys. Yeah. So, the, the, that's one thing about that movie is the shots that were in there resonate. And, and for a vampire film, mm. you, you can't go wrong with The Lost Boys. I'm assuming you're looking for that. Well, I just I, I couldn't remember. I forgot how you put it in there. Rock My the, number two. Rocking the you got the shipyard today. It's yeah, been a well, while since we beard during the podcast, so we've got the beer going today. And I got the red hook, extra special blonde. I've been digging the blonde ales lately. I'm a I'm a fan of the blonde. I know you are, Stacy Keebler. <sighs> the best blonde ever. Yeah, well, she's available. Well, actually, uh, she's, she's married she, and pregnant. She's right now. Clooney dumps her, and she gets pregnant. And um, no, I, I actually almost went with the uh, Goose Island IPA, hmm. but it was six point one percent, and I thought that would be bad. Well, I'm looking at our, our local beer establishment, and they're they're starting to jam us even harder for shit now. Even the uh, the build your own six pack thing mm-hmm. stuff, it's ten bucks now. Are you it used to be eight ninety nine. Now it's nine ninety nine. Sea Dog IPA ten forty nine. That's stupid. It's ridiculous. They are just jamming yeah. us for the beers, and fuck that. Yeah, that's. I opted for Shipyard. It was either going to be this or something for Ghouls. If they had who a hot yeah, who ha honkers. It's I a Fagusi. It's a Fagazi. Right. It's fairy dust. But <laughs> Shipyard. <laughs> Too many of the summer ales right now, and I'm just not, not feeling summer ales yet. I'm, I'm just not a summer's guy. I, it's just I not they're all lemon-based. I'm just but not there's a... so many great beers out there, it doesn't matter. Right. But we know, and we also know what comes after summer. Oh, Oktoberfest. Oh. And you tell me the Pretty Reckless Night won't be fueled by some pretty damn good beer. Oh, it will be, but I don't know if the October will still be out if they'll be pushed into the winter. Oh, uh, yeah. Joe Coy will be, too. Yeah, but we like the winter. Winter's good. Yeah, I got a price. That, we're well, talking we, about this online. Yeah, we, we, we got a price getting a hotel room for that event because uh, the more I think about it, if we're starting a concert at 10 o'clock at night, there's no way we're getting home that night. Well, and you know the Beantown probably shuts down at 2 in the morning. 
And I'm sure we'll shut it down, too. If we're staying uh, well, right if there. Well, we're staying there, hell yeah. So, I'll just price getting us a room. Figure yeah. out where the uh, Wilbur is, what that hotel was right you know, next nobody, door. Nobody that's listening to this knows what gives we're a, talking about. Or even gives a shit. Probably not. But we're going to see Joe Coy. In, we are. And the Pretty Reckless. Right. In November. November is shaping up to be a, a fine Well, you month. figure in one day we had to buy tickets for three shows. I'm seeing Pretty Reckless in Portland with you, in New Hampshire with my wife, and in, I'm seeing Joe Coy Nine the following weekend. Later, yeah. And that's just a week after, what, Five Finger Death Punch announced they were coming to Portland. Yeah. So all of a sudden we're starting to have things blow wide open here for Portland. So let's hope so. Yeah, or New England, I should say. So, anyway, my number two, Kenny Loggins again, giving a nod to Archer. This is the only one that everyone says, yeah, that's the, that's part of the movie. Fucking Danger Zone, dude. The Danger Zone. I hated the movie. I love that you song. Hated Top Gun. That movie's so overrated. It's a piece of shit. Oh, I, I don't. I don't. I don't yeah. deny that. But in the eighties, Top Gun was the shit. Even movie. then, I hated the movie. Really? People talk about oh, greatest action movie. I'm like, it's, it's a romance. It's what a are you big, talking it's about? It's a big homoerotic harassment. Well, certainly the freaking volleyball <laughs> game. Right. And the worst thing is the video is Kenny Loggins sitting on a bed sweating to death singing Danger Zone. <laughs> but that song, dude, if it's ever on, I'm cranking it up. Danger Zone is one of my favorite songs from the 80s, period. Oh, absolutely. So, dude, and, and, Tom Skerritt. <laughs> Well, you, can't go, Tom, you can't go wrong with Tom Skerritt. You can't Scarrett, go wrong but, with Tom Skerritt, especially as he's introducing Kelly McGillis' character. They they pan up from Kelly the heels. And well, the, yeah, because you got to get the full look. You do not salute her. Like, oh. I would salute her. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I, and, and there's a reason soul? Sterling Archer likes Danger Zone. Yep. I'm down for Danger Zone. That's by far one of my favorite songs from the 80s, not just for movies, but period. I agree. I agree. Not on my list, though. So you're telling me you have no Kenny Loggins on your list? I have no Kenny Loggins on my list. The dude had a career of 80s music. He did. Well, 80s movie music. Um, my number one is from a movie you never even saw. I know you haven't seen this one. Okay. Um, you never saw Valley Girl. No. I'll Stop the World by I'll Modern stop the English. World. Right for you. I'm 
Because anytime I'll Stop the World and Melt, Melt With You comes on, I'm cranking that up. I liked that song. Plus, Deborah Foreman, as the Valley Girl, was hot. She had a pretty small window of movies she appeared in, too. She did. And and she is still hot today hmm? as a MILF. Nick, one of Nicolas Cage's first... I want to say it was his first, wasn't it? Yeah, first appearances in film. Um, dude, I love Valley Girl. Valley Girl's a riot. Now, you know... I love Valley Girl in its own context. I mean, if you can get over all this, oh, that's totally tubular. Oh, bitches. So it's which, which to I me. Know you would be have a problem with. Why that became a United States wide reference. Why did people embrace the Valley Girl em- thing? Embrace the Valley Girl thing, which was really only prevalent in like about a, a, a 50, 50 mile, mile area of California. But you know what? Back then, that was a 50-mile radius of California you wanted to be in. <laughs> True. It was capitalism. They, yes. they were living life large. Yes. They were going to the beach every day, skipping school, just hanging out. Yeah, good point. And you've never seen the flag, so... No. No, I, well, which, I've seen I, parts which, of it. Which but. I'm not sure is quite as egregious of an error as not seeing Salem's Fire. But... I own it. Um, well, but, I own the fact I haven't seen Salem's Fire. But this is, there was a movie we referenced earlier you hadn't seen. Was there? Yeah, what the hell was it? Oh, The Cell? Yeah. Oh. You didn't see The Cell. So? I've never seen this T. Alright, dude. Now that's problematic. Well, at this point it's really just sort of like a... Unless my theme song's from E.T. It's sort of my thing. No, I know what your song's going to be because you told me yesterday what your song was going to be. Over the top. Yes. Sammy Hagar. Yeah. No. A View to a Kill. Which is the other Bond flick I knew that you were going to come up with. I don't know what it is about this song, but, and yeah, I know I love Duran Duran anyway, but this song, as far as I was concerned, was the best that band. I know who else does. (laughs) And that's why I hate the fact I love Duran Duran. (laughs) Because every time I say it, you're like, you know who else who loves it? (laughs) And I want to punch myself in the balls for saying it. But I love me some Duran Duran. And I absolutely loved A View to a Kill. And Agreed. That that song that was, was fantastic. Walking, wasn't it? Oh, uh, hell yeah. Yeah, that was the one. With walking, walking, getting it on with Grace, Grace Jones. Jones. <laughs> <laughs> but Tanya Roberts was in that one, too. Grace Jones was the flavor flame oh, for the females. Good God, dude. She is horrible. Oh, dude. But do you remember there was a time where people thought she was hot? She no, posed for I, Hustler. I do she not remember She posed for this. Playboy. 
I do. Wasn't she in um, Conan the Barbarian too? Yeah, and she had the little comment about if you want a man, you take him. Oh yeah, she's... she was the original. No, Brienne. Conan the Destroyer, not Barbarian. Correct. She was the original Brienne of of Karth. Yeah, <laughs> without. The hotness. Brianna. I'm not saying she's hot, but Grace Jones is a step down. Way down. I need to cut my balls off. Yeah, you could just be eunuch and call it good. I'll never need them again. But yeah, view to a kill. And you know what it was? I remember literally going to Hershey Park. And there's a fat guy, Hershey Park. This is like Mecca. Because it's an amusement park, got roller coasters, and it smells like chocolate. Right. And that that Imagine if they ever came up with beer and wing park. Wouldn't that be uh, Duffland or Duff World or whatever it is in The Simpsons? Anyway, the year that A View to a Kill came out, they were playing that and all the line cues throughout Hershey Park. Mm. And all the roller coasters I was waiting to get on, that's all I heard. And dude, I was fucking getting into it. Nice. I loved A View to a Kill. It was oh, a great song, too. great video. You know, the video was primarily just the movie. And most Bond fans like me will tell you that movie, a little on the weak side, yeah. Yeah. had uh, Sheena. Uh, yeah. It was, um, uh, I just said it a minute ago, yeah, you and did. now I've lost it. Uh, uh, Tony Roberts. Thank you. Not a great film. Roger yeah. Moore, though, was, dude, was what he was. Dude, Roger Moore is still he my was, favorite Bond. Well, the thing is, he was 80s Bond. So right. then he right. worked. Now, if you try to put in a Roger Moore-esque kind of Bond, it wouldn't work. Right. In the 80s, it was perfect. Right. And, and, and it was so 80s, cheesy, 80s, so over yeah. the top. Yeah. I mean, you're octopus-y. talking about... Uh, right, I was going to say, you're talking <laughs> octopusy here. I love octopus. So, if you do a kill, that scene where she's driving the fire truck and he's on the old ladder yeah. end. Yep. It, it was... And Christopher Waltz, uh, Christopher Waltz, uh, Christopher Walken, Christoph Waltz, yeah. Christopher Walken as, uh, Christopher Walken, what the hell was the name, began with the Z, Zorin, Zorin, with the, the frickin' blip, the blip that comes blip. out <laughs> as he floods the mine, yep, yep. Um, no, it was such a great movie, and, and that was just a great theme song, catchy as hell. Uh, some of the shit I, I took off the list. I, I, I took, I took a Night a Ranger lot. song I, off, dude. Uh, what was that one? Secret of My Success. Yeah. The I, only reason I didn't, I put, didn't put it on there. It's was not like, a strong enough flick. I was going to say, am I putting it on I here like just secret, to say I like Night Ranger and want to put it on I here? like the Secret of My Success, but that's not a strong enough flick to, right. to throw on there. Um, I mean, there was uh, Eye of the Tiger... From Rocky 3. Survivor actually had two songs, dude. Because didn't they have one in Rocky 4? Uh, they might have. Um, but a, com- a couple of the ones that were on your your list were ones that I kicked off mine. A View to a Kill being well, one of them. I didn't want to have two Bond flicks on, on my list. Um... <clears throat> But uh, there's so much good stuff. Irene Cara and Flashdance. What I feel. Yeah, good. Just, just classic 80s tunes. Mm-hmm. Um, and we didn't even touch upon Footloose. Well, you kind of referenced it. The what? Uh, we didn't touch upon Footloose. Which... Uh, but, and the reason I avoided Footloose is that movie's more known for the soundtrack than the movie sure. itself. I the movie itself... Remake. I know you did. Well, Julianne Hoff was in it. I don't care. I like her. 
I don't care. She's on the list, too. Dude, you did an article about Rock of Ages for the website. Did I? Yeah, you did. I don't remember that. When the trailer came out for more... Ah, Guilty Pleasure flick. Have you ever revisited this movie? Well, I've seen it like three or four times. Really? Yeah. Well, because it was on HBO and stuff like that. (coughs) Okay. (laughs) That's offensive. (laughs) Oh! (laughs) The bald Brian's from Bananarama calling you gay right now, dude. It's fine. Me and my Julia, Juliet Huff, uh, Julian Huff, uh, fetish, fetish, well. I think there's a reason why we stopped drinking beer during the (laughs) podcast. (laughs) My Julianne Huff fetish will just continue to watch, uh, Rock of Ages. That's fine. Plus, plus, uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones is in there and she's hot too. Eh, not hot like when, uh, what the fuck was the movie with Sean Connery? Entrapment. Oh, I like the one with uh, Clooney. Um, Up in the air? No. Oh, shit. And I just watched this like three months ago before we did the Coen Brothers thing. So what did she do with the Coen Brothers flick? Oh, uh, the, 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 uh, the lawyer movie. Yeah, uh, yeah that one. Uh, that movie that had the two <laughs> lawyer people. That I can't remember the name of, but she's hot in that too. That's not called irreconcilable differences. No, but it's close. Uh, uh, cruelty. Yeah, uh, yeah intolerable, intolerable cruelty. cruelty. Yes, that's it. Uh, have another uh, beer. Yeah, oh, I might. What was I going to fucking look up on Yahoo? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Let's, let's fucking end this now so we can get on to that Godzilla, Godzilla review. Yeah, that movie we're going to actually discuss. Yeah, we'll, all right. We'll be right back. I want to talk to somebody in charge. You are not fooling anybody when you say that what happened was a natural disaster. You're lying. It was not an earthquake. It wasn't a typhoon. Because what's really happening is that you're hiding something out there.
a leak, and you can edit this up. You can talk. I got an empty bottle here. Oh, ho, oh, That's a skunk. Anyway, go, Godzilla. Go, Godzilla. Dun, 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 dun. I, I hate that song. Dude. Yeah, it's kind of a stupid song. Oh, <clears throat> they say he's got to go. So, what did, what did Godzilla mean to you as a young ninja? Again, it was my Saturday afternoon viewing, dude. It was the old creature double features. Sunday afternoons, too. But, but you didn't grow up up here. Growing up up here meant up you, here, got, you got it a day early. <laughs> Channel 56 was the, the station of Boston. We first got cable. Channel 56 and Channel 38 were the two Boston channels. Mm-hmm. And Channel 56, every Saturday afternoon, ran the Creature Double feature. Mm-hmm. And then that one, we'd always get your old cheesy black and white horror movies. Or the cheesy color movies, mm-hmm. which were just awful. But we always got Godzilla They were awful then. No, hell no. I loved them. And we always got the Godzilla films, which is why I have this special place in my heart for Godzilla vs. Mm. Megalon mm. with Jet Jaguar being mm-hmm. the, the little robot dude that grows. That will always be my favorite. Right. It, it's he was, the, he was officially the first gay android. Oh, he was gay. <laughs> that that Look at the picture. That tight outfit that he yeah. wore alone was bad, dude. It was what, white and red? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, it was yeah, awful. Yeah, that's pretty bad. But I didn't care because yeah. it was Jet Jaguar. Absolutely. And, yeah, the, the Godzilla films, nobody ever watches Godzilla films saying they're great movies. They're so cheesy, but you want them cheesy <sighs> because they're fun to watch. Absolutely. But when I was a kid, and I'm talking, you know, 9, 10, 11 Don't years Don't say old. you were afraid of Godzilla films. They freaked me out. Because, no, no, I, they weren't scary. Right. But they freaked me out. It, it, like, it would watch this. Because they always, you gotta remember, dude. Godzilla always took out a city. I lived in a city. How many times has Tokyo been rebuilt, by the well, way? Exactly. <laughs> And, and I would have, every once in a while, I would have, and even to this day, not I don't have Godzilla ones, but you ever, like, just out of the blue have a nightmare? And it's one of those ones where you'll wake up from and you can't freaking physically move for a second because of whatever it was, whatever, whatever it happened. Because oh, your been. mind's still locked in that yeah, moment. Yeah, and it's creepy. And I remember one specifically when I was a kid of that age, and, and I lived, if you looked out my front window, I lived on the second floor, if you looked out my front window, there was this big apartment building across the thing. And in the dream, I was standing in my living room looking out this window, and above that apartment building was Godzilla. Like, crashing toward... Because the monster... Was it Godzilla or dude in costume Godzilla? Well, at that point, what do you know? Um, but... Was he kicking over buildings that looked clearly were had a candle inside of them? Right. Because that one little flame flickering? Right. <laughs> I mean, clearly when it comes to dreams, whatever monster oh. is in your dreams is completely zeroed in on your fat ass. Right. And you can't And you're inability to move. Yeah, you're, you're running in, the, in mud. Yes. yes. <laughs> and and that was a Godzilla dream for me. So it freaked me out when I was when I was that age. Um, but yeah, I can look back on that now and go, yeah, those these were just cheesy fun movies and stuff with cardboard sets and a dude in a big lizard suit. I have the Criterion edition of of Godzilla. It's it's just a blast to watch. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's what I did. Sunday afternoons, you had those Godzilla flicks. 
Godzilla versus whatever. What did you think about the Godzilla son? Gadzuki or... Well... I hated Godzuki ones, dude. Well, I mean... I, the only I, thing I, I don't like about Godzuki about is... Back then. It rolled out some of the bigger badasses, like yeah. King Ghadira. Right. Would, ro- would roll out during Godzuki. It films. sort of gave Godzilla a reason to need to kick somebody's ass. Other than but just, he sucked. He was kind of like yeah. watching Scooby-Doo and you got a Scrappy-Doo yeah. episode. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, fuck you. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of it, no. But back in the day, I don't remember what I really thought of it. Well, you probably thought it was kind of funny because he'd always kind of like bump his chest a few times, go to blow fire, and that one little smoke ring would come out. And the costume was always like the sad sack version of Godzilla. Mm. If I'm not mistaken, didn't... Which movie was it that Godzilla actually died in Godzuki, or maybe it was Godzilla mm. Jr., got hit with radioactive waste and became Godzilla. Well, what was the difference between Godzilla Jr. and Godzuki? Well, there were like three different Godzilla Juniors. Because there was Mio or Milion or whatever, however they, however they pronounce his name. There was Godzilla Jr., and most of them kind of looked the same. It was just whichever rubber costume they threw on at the time. <laughs> right. But I think they were all supposed to be Godzuki. Because the other thing is, as Americans, we had the Japanese translations of whatever mm-hmm. the hell it was. Yeah. And I think Godzuki is kind of what we called all of them. Right. Because when I was doing my article, I was kind of Googling Godzuki. You can't find shit out there for it. Hmm. And this, so it apparently is just an American term. So maybe that's what we were calling all the Godzilla signs. Maybe. Anyway. But that's what he meant. That was my Saturday afternoon entertainment. Anytime I ever saw that we were going to have some kind of a creature double feature, it was all Godzilla, I was down. I remember going to Portland for a Godzilla film festival. Really? Dude, it was awesome. There was a dude dressed as Godzilla at the entryway. There were like five Godzilla films. Literally, my parents dropped me and my buddies off for the whole day. It was awesome. It was nothing like it. Godzilla films... They're cheesy, but they're a lost art. The kaiju film like that was just awesome. You don't look at uh, the sci-fi stuff today as sort of a nod to that stuff? Because that stuff's trying to piss me off. It tries, but it misses the whole point. I think so. The the thing with the Godzilla films is they knew they were cheesy. But they also knew that most people just wanted to see practical effects, Mm. things tearing shit up. That's all you wanted to see. Yeah. That was awesome. Give us some story. No kid ever followed the story about, well, the Atlanteans, they had some bomb that went off, and it raised this god monster. No one cared. We just want to see little Japanese people running away from the You didn't even pay attention until you saw the people <laughs> running away, and Godzilla was coming up out, of the, up out of the water, and who knew if he was going to be the villain or the hero in this movie? It didn't matter. Right. All you knew was Godzilla was going to fuck shit up, There'd be another creature fucking shit up. You'd see the wires hanging from the other creature yeah. at some point. You didn't care. Now the problem is they miss the fact that that cheese factor, like that, not like Sharknado cheese, that level of cheese was fine with us because it was practical effects and we got it. It was still fun to watch. You wanted to see shit thrown down. Right. Then we had 1998 and Roland Emmerich. Who totally missed the point. Yeah, that that didn't even need to be called Godzilla. Because it, it was just dumb. It didn't look like Godzilla. It didn't look like classic Godzilla. 
set in New York City, a stupid premise, and Ferris fucking Bueller as as our action hero. Yeah. Um, it, it was just, it was just dumb, and I don't want to belabor it, but that was, I mean, I think there was another Godzilla flick that went straight to DVD between that and this, but... They may have been. So we come up to, a couple years ago, Gareth Edwards signs of on... Of Monsters, which I saw, and I don't, I need to revisit it, because I don't remember really thinking it was that great. It wasn't great, it was decent. However, if I'm watching that movie... Because there was no movie, damn monsters in Monsters. There was... There just didn't feel like a lot of payoff there. What the hell was that? I don't know. The thing with Gareth Edwards' Monsters is... I get the feeling it tried to be a Cloverfield without the money. Maybe, yeah. And... Because I, I remember there being a little more payoff, but not much... But watching that movie, I could see where somebody could look at him and say he gets what a Godzilla movie is supposed to be. Well, and he put a lot of stock into his human characters right. in that, too. Which is interesting. Well, it's going to become interesting in this discussion. <laughs> um, but, but I was fine with it. You know, whatever. I think he has a good eye, good aesthetics for the monster-type movie. Yeah. So, which comes to our most, well, at least for me, my most anticipated summer movie, Godzilla. Yeah. Right. Um, and I'll launch this out here. I liked Godzilla quite I liked a bit. it a lot. I did not love Godzilla. Nope. I liked Godzilla well, quite a bit. let me rephrase. I loved Godzilla. Yes. I loved, was it Mothra or was it Rodan that these were supposed to be? Uh, well, I don't think it, I. Or they, I they were, I, or were they some nod? They did have Mothra references Mothra, in this movie. They did have Mothra references because they showed the cage that the kid yeah. had had with some moth in it. They had right. Mothra written on the bottom. But maybe I, I kind of assume it was a mashup of the two. Yeah, and this is going to get spoilery for the, we the we dude, always do for the dude who's listening. I mm-hmm. loved Godzilla in this film, dude. Garrett. I almost cried at times, feeling like I saw some of my creature double feature moments coming Gareth back. Gareth Edwards absolutely nailed the monster, the monster battle scenes here. Oh, dude! He nailed Godzilla. The first shot where they pan up to him and he just unleashes that roar. Yep. I had freaking chills, dude. It was perfect. My childhood came this back. This could not have been a better rendition of Godzilla at all. No. That was perfect. The scenes where you were look they were looking out from the airport windows of the monsters battling in the background. The the the, the, the music that he, scene period the dude. music that he overlaid to it it all was just a completely perfect callback to what you remember yeah. although it was done with modern CG and just made it but all I didn't that mind better. the CG here no not about as CG. much as I said so much of the Godzilla films were about practical effects no. and, I, and I, I acknowledge that here I am kind of going back on what I said. Here, the CG worked. Absolutely. Because it really had that feel of... The scene with the, the, the tram at the airport. 
yeah. where you see that creature walking across. It was seamless. Was amazing. It, it was seamless stuff, dude. It, it was so amazing. He, he got all of that absolutely perfect. And it is so perfect that it really helped to offset a lot of the things that were wrong with this. That that and there were there were things wrong with this. And were was, there human actors in this movie? Other than Brian Cranston, not really. That was that that's the biggest takeaway from this from the negative side is that the human characters in this really served no purpose. They, they were, were wasted. They were wooden. They were wasted. They you could have done this movie without. Any of them. I would argue that the plot line around Aaron Johnson, is that his name? Yeah. Kick-Ass. Yeah. Actually Aaron was problematic Johnson. on the fact that if you really had to plot out how he somehow got back to San Francisco well, after saving the city, yeah. actually played against the movie. Yeah. That if they just had it been some random dude on that boat, right. it would have been played out way better. The, the, the people in this movie... Acknowledging that in the old Godzilla films, mm -hmm. people meant nothing in these films. Right. No kid ever cared. You right. didn't learn their names. But as adults, we're trying to learn these people. Well, on top of the fact also that Godzilla only constitutes about 25% of your movie. And you are relying on 75% of your movie to be carried by the human right. characters. You need to give me good human characters to give a shit about. Right. I thought Cranston was great. I in, loved him. And the part, the and parts I was he had. Bummed to see him go that early. Well, right. He he goes, you know, a third of the way into the movie, and, and he he had a good a good part. You know, the very beginning with Juliet Binoche and stuff. I don't even know these people long enough to give a shit that no. she just died. I, whatever. All I know is Cranston loved her apparently a right. lot. Right. Um, oh, and by the way, if you've seen the trailer with all these Cranston shots, yeah. they're in the first 10 minutes of the movie. Pretty much, yeah. Um, but once you get rid of him, and now you're, you've, you've gotten into basically Aaron Taylor Johnson uh, as this this hero, um, who, who for some reason has, had, had, had indicated that his, his dad was a whack job who could never get over shit, that he was a pain in the ass... But couldn't get packed quicker, quick enough to go save him. To go save Even him though he told his kid who asked him, will you be here tomorrow? Right. Yes, son, I will. Right. I oh, wait. I, I got the call from the consulate. I'm leaving. I don't know why it was so urgent for him to get back to, to bail his old man out. Apparently his old man had probably been busted many times before. Yeah. Um, so that was problematic. Elizabeth Olsen, as his wife... Absolutely, Absolutely wasted. Nothing to do. All nothing she to do was but to stare up and go. <gasps> cut to chick at the ho a hospital. Oh wait, that's right. She works in a hospital. She's pushing a card around, waiting for her husband to call. If, if if these if these internet trolls who who want to argue about weak female characters in, in tentpole movies, this could be the one you want to right. bitch about because you had Elizabeth Olsen, you had Sally Hawkins. Who both were completely useless to the plot of this movie. You know where I got frustrated with with Elizabeth Olsen was the scene where the kid they panned to a shot of the kid laying on the couch and waking up, and here's all his dinosaur toys yeah. on the coffee table, and he's watching 
he wakes up and he's had on all night apparently CNN yeah. showing the destruction of Hawaii. Right. <laughs> and Elizabeth Olsen has the nerve to act like she had no fucking idea that this had been going on. Right. How can you not know that for the past 10 hours, Honolulu been destroyed by 300 foot tall monsters? Right. It's, I guarantee everybody would know. Oh, yeah. When 9-11 happened, everybody knew. Right. Within minutes, everybody knew. Because somebody at least is going to walk by and go, Did you hear? Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh my God, the world's coming in! No, right. she has no idea. Right. It was so stupid right. that they played it out that way. I felt yeah. like she was just lost in the script. And that basically ties into my other part about this, is that this movie, when it got away from the Godzilla piece of this, got way too fucking blockbustery. Right. With just stupid scenes that were completely ridiculous. The train scene, I hated the train scene. Just, I was, I was pissed I hated so pissed the fact off. that somehow they all survived the train well, scene. Well, just the fact that you felt the white dude is falling down. I'm like, Come he's on. dead. He's dead. Come on. And conveniently, he wakes up when the helicopter shows up. Right. Covered in shit, so, so it looks like he's been through hell. There was the, it got way too blockbuster. And there were times that it felt like Gareth was trying to give nods to Roland Emmerich instead of the old Godzilla. There film. was times. Um, yeah, this is this is um, like I said when it comes to the scenes with Godzilla, they were. They were they were they were good enough. They were so awesome that they were good enough to offset some of these other problems I had. If the battle between Electro and Spider Man had been half as good as the one between Godzilla and whatever this creature was, I'd have given that a higher oh score. Oh my god. <laughs> the last I've heard fifteen, I'll give thirty. 30 minutes of this movie is some of the best I've seen in years. Mm. As soon as I get to the Golden Gate Bridge scene, mm -hmm. with the, the kids on the little minibus trying to get out, and you see Godzilla coming through the water, and by then the, the Navy is kind of starting to come to the understanding that Godzilla's not here to fuck us up, but to deal with the shit that's going on. It, those shots were amazing. Yeah, absolutely amazing, and it and I felt my childhood coming back. Right, it was just the shit in between that opening, the opening sequence of this movie during the credit uh, opening credits was great. Was some of the best I've seen in years. Oh, I loved it. Right down to the fact that each of the the, the stars they have some like newspaper article with by so and so they highlight them out and just mm -hmm. brilliant to give us an idea that the whole. Nuclear testing in the 40s was all about dealing with Godzilla and all these other creatures. It was a great spin. But then, once you lost Cranston, this movie bogged down. Yeah. It bogged down and tried... boring in parts. Yeah. It tried to give this human appeal that didn't work at all. No. And, all. and I would argue that it, it didn't because it missed... What Godzilla movies want and need. We don't give a shit. We don't need to learn about who these people are. We just want Godzilla. Well, I mean, we Fuck don't shit really. up. 
But and we still don't know. The problem about is, we, we spent an hour on them. Though. We spend an hour on people, and we don't get that. If we're going to spend that much time on your human characters, then I need to give. I need to have human characters that I give a shit about, whose motivations are clear and and make sense. And none of that happened here. I'll say this now, and you'll probably trump me and say you can actually answer the question. I couldn't tell you what Kickass's name was in this or Elizabeth Olsen's. I can't. I don't remember. No idea what their names Ford. were. Ford. That was his name. Because it was a unique name. Oh, that's right. His name was Ford. I do not remember her name. Don't remember their kid's name. Mm-hmm. Couldn't tell you what uh, Ken Watanabe or Sally Hawkins' names were. And he was so wasted this oh. movie. All he was was brooding guy who yeah. saw this coming on. Right. And then it's he like, even played that right. David Street Theron is playing the, the, the head general. Completely underutilized in this in this context. It just, yeah, it, it didn't need all of these interactions. And if you if you had to put these all in here, then you really need to to really give me something to give a shit right. about. Because they had it right with the Godzilla scenes. Godzilla was awesome in this. This is the Godzilla movie for those scenes I've been waiting for. Yes. You bogged them down with scenes that the Japanese never bothered with. Well, it, what was interesting was, because uh, I saw this on IMAX, um, and you know how before the actual movie, just as the movie's going to start, when they, at, at least in our theater, where they show where they're, they're going through their uh, their prep stage for IMAX, their fake prep stage, like preparing audience for maximum impact, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, they always do the little dots moving around. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they show the thing, and then they, they do that thing with the countdown, and then they turn the, it's like the, the most incredible thing, and they turn around and it's IMAX. Well, they overlaid the Godzilla roar over that. And they turn around to IMAX, and then you hear this, and the thing is like like this, and there were people in the in the in the in the thing I was at, and people in the uh, in the theater that were like, "Fuck yeah!" <laughs> it was it just blew you away how awesome this Godzilla was. Yeah, they, Godzilla they got right oh, it, when you first are introduced to him, and you're just seeing the legs. And then they're just panning up in the sheer scope and size of this. And all the battle scenes with the monsters are just They were just awesome. And, and they used his abilities right. The, yes. the breath weapon. Dude, Finally. the build-up, which took yeah. forever. Where he's you just see the glowing like, on the tail. <laughs> well, the first one was with the, uh, the male. Mm. They show the glowing on the tail. It's like, uh-oh. What's this? Yeah. He unleashes it. Oh, fuck. Yeah, this is what we've been waiting for. But when he unloads on the female, mm. that was awesome. Yeah. Absolutely awesome. Yeah. And this, this is a movie that's kind of one of those tales of two movies. The human element, fail. Fail. Huge fail. The Godzilla element, they nailed. Right. And Which, and I, I guess that's, I guess if you had to pick one. Oh, they right. If you're gonna get one right, right, you got the correct one right. Right. Um, Does this warrant a sequel? Ooh. Maybe and maybe they'll take because because a lot of the things I'm reading about this, it's really a lot of the same things we're saying. Is that your humans sucked in this movie? If you can fix that. And add that to what you've given us from the monster side, 
This could be awesome going forward. Up another spin, or don't bother. Don't bother with the human element. Just give us Godzilla thrown down. Because you got that right. They'll never do that, though. Because they got to attach a name to it. And therein lies the problem. Because their fear is they're going to have another case of the the Incredible Hulk kind of movie. Mm -hmm. Where it's going to be just something big thrown down that doesn't work. Here it worked. They got it right. Destroy buildings. Give us Godzilla thrown down with something. Something that we as humans can't deal with. Did you have a problem with how easy it was for six guys to transport a nuclear warhead through the city? Uh, basically on a gurney? <laughs> well, beside the fact that I hated the shot, and I truly hated with To show the nuclear warhead... They find a door which somehow was intact from being crushed the door down in the intact, pit. Yeah. And they open the door yeah. to show this nuclear warhead encased with eggs. And somehow they get it out and carry the goddamn thing out. Yeah. And get it the whole way out of the city. Yeah, I hated that. But I hated Kick-Ass surviving all these scenes even worse. Yeah. Because dude got blown away at least 30 feet in every shot. Yeah. Every shot. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'll be good. I'm fine. Yeah. I don't need medics. Yeah, and that's where it comes into. It's just, it got way too blockbustery and ridiculous yeah. on some of those scenes. Um, like I said, the train scene I thought was was horrible. Which sucked because it started out okay. The whole shot where they're going through the tunnel and stuff, I'm like, all right, this is going good. Even though I didn't buy that this giant thing could somehow go to sleep on top of a mountain. Right. And no one would have known where the hell it was. Right. I'm fairly certain every military dude we have is tracking well, just, this thing Just now. the fact when the thing... Uh, when they were first... It first got loose and then flew away. And Theron's on there saying, it's like, we're trying to track this thing down. Right now, people still think it was just an earthquake and we want to keep it that way. Who Bullshit. thinks this is still an earthquake? <laughs> how is how does nobody in today's with today's technology not see this giant thing right. flying around? I love the fact that they actually owned up to that at one point. They're like, people know now, so let's just say what it is. Jeez, that was. But dumb. here's the deal: can we not move a missile in easier way than with a train by now? We don't need trains to move missiles, right? I don't we know. could. Put it on a plane. Yeah. I got to believe we have missiles in most cities that people don't even realize. Yeah. So, moving it by train just seemed retarded at some point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That scene was frustrated the hell out of me. Yeah, a lot of scenes so. frustrated the hell out of me. Because they just... It was way too damn blockbuster But you were happy when they showed dead Godzilla not being dead. When he breathed and started standing up, you were as happy as I was. Well, because people... Well, it, it, did you notice everybody in the movie was clapping and applauding as the giant lizard monster was walking? Nobody in my movie applauded. No, I don't mean in anything. the movie. I meant in oh, the movie. Oh, yeah, okay. The citizens of San Francisco. Because they finally realized this dude saved our ass. Right. But, uh, yeah, you're still going to stand around and, and, and applaud the giant, like, 800 foot The lizard. giant lizard that could say, fuck you, I'm right. hungry. Right. right. Yeah. And that was that was an interesting thing here too, is that they didn't really you didn't really get 
the human reaction to the fact that giant lizard and giant whatever the hell else it was was existed. Yeah. You had all these humans, but they were so preoccupied with having to solve the problem that you never got the actual human reaction to what this would mean. The 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 widespread panic and and all this stuff. I found myself thinking, if this happens, I'm going to the fucking woods, dude. I'm packing all my animals up, calling my buddies, and just say, let's build a commune in the woods, fuck electricity, we'll live off fire, we'll call it good. Yeah. It was, fuck that. Yeah. I love the scene with the nuclear sub, though, being thrown in the woods. When uh, Godzilla villain... Russian sub. That was a good shot. Yes. Greatest shot I've seen in years. The birds on the Golden Gate Bridge. That was cool. It was used for cheese factor, but it actually played out pretty well. Here's a, a heavy blockbuster scene that just drives me nuts in every movie. I, I really wish they wouldn't use this shit. Was that, well, first of all, whenever something's happening behind the scene, it will always be small kid who sees it first. Oh yeah, I know. Where so you're little going. little girl sees what's happening. <laughs> you mean out the there. tsunami starting to happen? Well, yeah, you have tsunami, and all of a sudden everybody's and the dog tsunami. that bails. Right. right. First of all, you have you have family running with with hundreds of people away from tsunami, but they are fortunately the only ones smart enough to think about, hey, let's go in here. Nobody else is going in here. Let's go in here and get away. Then all of a sudden the water rushes by and the windows sort of start to crack. I'm like, oh, come on. That's just It's stupid. played out, dude. It is played out. I yeah. saw this in Day After Tomorrow in 2012. I was like, come on. That that was Roland Emmerich bullshit there. And, and that's and, the problem with this movie is who was it trying to be a nod to? Roland Emmerich or the old Godzilla films? Right. Where it tries to nail the Godzilla films, it gets it right. I don't know that it was trying to be a nod to Roland Emmerich, but it certainly... It tries to be a blockbuster. Yeah, you certainly feel like that some idiot suits got a hold of this and go, we need to do this. People who know nothing about what makes good good filmmaking, rather than letting Gareth Edwards just just do what he needs to do. Give a Godzilla film. Um, But yeah, the, the... the monster is perfect. The monster fighting scenes are absolutely perfect. And they elevate this movie higher. They they make some of the stuff we're complaining about more forgivable because they were that good. Right. I land on a three out of five. I'll go three and a half out of five. I thought about I, that. At times, just, literally I, had tears in my eyes I, thinking about the days of old with my creature double they features. They captured a lot of that. Even with the lighting and the soundtrack, it felt a lot like watching those scenes when you were a kid. But I, I, I can't The revisit could be the, painful, though, because those long, boring scenes may really stand out. Um, and... Honestly, as much as I like Elizabeth Olsen, any scene that she's on she's great. This isn't is a fault. wasted scene. And none of this is their fault. Aaron Johnson is fine. Elizabeth Olsen is fine, right. but they're just not giving you anything. Got, you could easily cut 20 minutes out of this film and get a better movie out of they, it. Because they, they tried to give a human element that never worked. Nope. Nope. Alright. So, I, I'm not... 
I'm not disappointed. I, there could have no. Been I got there. the Godzilla. I got the I Godzilla. Wanted. I wanted absolutely correct. So next week is X Men, which is starting to get a whole lot of heavy promotion sure. on TV. Are we going to do something with that? I, I think we, should. we were. Oh, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just asking because I thought we were too. Because it's not common for us to podcast on a weekly basis. Well, right, but. The week after that, it's problematic. Problematic, nothing. The week after that ain't happening to you. So, although that's not necessarily true, because that Saturday, I don't know what that Saturday looks like for me yet. But because you don't know, I think we need to podcast back to back weeks. And if we both see a movie that weekend after, then we can use it for what we watch. But I think X Men is big enough for us to. uh, Whereas a million ways to die in the West, not as much. Not so much. All right. Well, that's it. That's all I got. See Godzilla if you want Godzilla. See it in IMAX. It's pretty. I wish I had. Don't see it in three. If don't bother. If you're not seeing an IMAX. Don't bother with the 3D upcharge. Useless. It was worthless. There is no upcharge. Did they upcharge you? There was like a nine-something charge for it. A nine-something? Well, nine dollar and something for the ticket. Oh, because I had heard that they had they brought their pricing back down to match 2D versions. Ooh, I thought I paid Well, it nine used bucks. to be 13 bucks, so they definitely... Yeah, no, there's no like four or five dollar upcharge. Right. Maybe a 50 cent upcharge. No. Yeah, Don't even bother. It's yeah, worthless. It's, it's worthless. All right. We'll see you next week. Later.